Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Ten years ago today, Netflix's House of Cards became the first streaming series ever nominated for an Emmy, forever changing the industry as we know it. I spoke to the conniving Claire Underwood at the show's Washington, D.C. premiere at the Museum in 2013. I was literally told by the writer, Bo Willeman, and David Fincher, you know what, don't even think about, yes, it could be misconstrued in a sense like the Clintons, in that they're both leaders. Lady Macbeth was, was, and so I had to go back and read Macbeth, right? That's what the people want. And we were talking about that just as a format and delivering to the consumer what they do anyway, which is over a weekend, they'll sit in bed with their computer and they'll watch two seasons of Mad Men back to back. Or Sopranos, or, you know, I've been hearing that for years. And we thought, well, with Netflix, why don't we just compound and consolidate and give them what they already do, purchasing DVDs and box sets. Let's live stream it. Everything's going to become live stream eventually. Um, it's the new medium, and it's the trend. We're not going to be the last that does this format. A lot has changed in 10 years. Kevin Spacey is facing criminal charges from Me Too allegations, while Robin Wright has expanded her skill set into directing and played Wonder Woman's Warrior Ant. Meanwhile, the museum no longer exists on Pennsylvania Avenue, and streaming services like Netflix have caused a seismic shift in the industry, forcing writers and actors to go on strike. I spoke this week with renowned DC actor Ed Jera, who played the Republican Senate whip in season two of House of Cards, to explain why the Screen Actors Guild has gone on strike. Edward Jero, hi Jason. Hey, it's always great catching up. We just spoke, well, I guess most recently, I guess Angels in America at, at Arena Stage. Um, but you know, you were Ebenezer Scrooge many years at Ford's Theater. So many, so many great roles, you know, a theater acting roles around town. But I wanted to talk with you about the current writers and actors strike. Writers um, and actors, yeah. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I guess before we get into the reasons for the strike and all that, just catch our listeners up really quick about, you know, how you are also a card carrying SAG member that, you know, some of the maybe film or TV roles you've done in addition to all the local theater stuff they know you for sure no i uh, actually my dad was a uh, local uaw uh president for for 25 years and um his rank and file actually gave me a bond when i was born i used that money to join aftra in 1977 and i've been a, a sag member since about 1980 so yeah i've done a few films uh die hard 2 striking distance i've done house of cards i've done uh turn and lots of uh, voiceover work for Discovery Channel and so forth. So it's, it's been a mixed bag. Not as much, obviously, but uh, as theater. But yes, I've been a card card carrying member of SAG and after for, gosh, you know, 40, 40 years plus. That's awesome. And and thanks for that background on your dad, too. That really ties in sort of the, the union, uh, union yeah. pride coursing through your blood. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and real quick, which role, who, who, remind everyone who, I mean, I remember, but who did you play in, in House of Cards and Turn and Die Hard 2? You know, uh, which roles did you play? <laughs> well, in Die Hard 2, I was one of the air traffic controllers in the Rack'em, Stack'em, Pack'em scene. And I had uh, an immortal line uh, call, uh, which went something like, Fuji 601 execute published mis approach procedure and hold, which will go down in history. And who knew it was a Christmas classic? You know, like that. <laughs> yeah, that line, man, that, that that's right up there with, you know, Franklin <laughs> Deere and all the greats, you know. Exactly. Uh, in turn, I played the uh, prime minister for a couple of episodes and House of Cards. I played the uh, uh, Senate leader for, for the, the Republican side uh, in season two, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Wow. And then, of course, you know, all the, the great stage roles, you know, the the Justice Scalia and the originalist like the, sure. that, that li- and Scrooge, but that list goes on and on and on. But I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I guess this time we're here. We got to talk to stick to the, the screen actor stuff. For um, sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess let, let's start. You know, I would love it in a minute to talk like the, how it affects, you know, actors locally. But just big picture, you know, uh, if people have been reading the headlines in the news, you know, why was it necessary? You know, what are some of the. You know, the gripes, let's say that that actors, you know, maybe, you know, Hollywood actors, you know, in big picture, like what are some of the, you know, well, here's the thing, residuals, AI, all that stuff. Absolutely. Well, here's the first thing you said, Hollywood actors and all of the headlines say Hollywood actors. That's the first thing people need to know that it's not about Hollywood actors. It's about all actors. In fact, the Washington area has the third largest uh, uh, local outside of Hollywood and New York. It's larger than it is in Chicago. So that's. It's about the middle class actors, not the not the you know the, the headliners. Obviously, it's the folks who are like me, or you know, who are working day to day to try to make enough money a year to get health care. For example, we're looking for just a, a a fair wage for a day's work. That's that's the bulk of the thing, right? Eighty five percent, at least eighty five percent, just like uh, Actors Equity, eighty five percent of the folks uh, that are in the union are not making enough money a year to get. Uh, health insurance. So, meanwhile, the the execs and stockholders are making millions and billions a year, right? So just in bonuses quite, sometimes. <laughs> exactly. So that's one of the things. Is just getting a fair wage for a day's work is 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 huge. And the other piece that you'd mentioned about the AI bit, uh, I think it was Bob Iger that came out the other day and said, you know, what we want here's the offer on the table from for the producers. For example, with with background folks, with extras, we want to pay buy you out and then be able to use your image. And here's the phrase, which is in almost every contract in perpetuity throughout the universe, which means they own your image forever and can do whatever they want with it. Uh, so basically uh, break that down. You can work one day as an extra um, and, and get paid like that one day. But then after that, they can literally recreate you for the rest of your life. Exactly right. And that's one of the and that's that's that battle is not just about actors. Right. We're leading the, the charge for AI in general, for other uh, work, you know, roles in, in work. There's a there's a really interesting piece of I think it hit on Twitter the other day where someone asked AI, would AI work better for uh, an executive in a studio or for an actor? Yes, the, exactly. Flip it back on them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the thing is to be able to say. You know, th- this actually goes back a long time, so maybe the, the, the 80s when DVDs came into fashion and the, the studios are saying, listen, we're, we're choking here. We need to get this revenue. And they never figured out how to pay artists for their work in terms of residuals. It's become buyouts. Right. So once you do your work, we own that material forever and they can use it over and over. And and you don't get your residual for it. That they've never figured out how to do that. How do you count? It was easier when it was on TV or or movie. You say, well, we know here we're selling, we're licensing this film, for example. But if you're watching it on Netflix, how do you know how many people hit it? And how do you how do you uh, distribute that uh, profit with with the artist? That's part of the issue. Right. Uh, and, and it was one and it was one thing I'm um, d- explain sort of. I mean, just this so I have a variety of sound bites because I can totally use right. that. But um. Explain how, you know, it was one thing when it was like you're saying, like, you know, maybe actors got or in writers in this case, because it is a dual strike at this point. First right. time since 1960, I think. Um, explain how it was one thing when the uh, 
uh, video on demand or when it would play on cable or maybe show up in the bargain bin at Walmart. You know, it'd be one thing when that was sort of like the tail end piece of it, but people have already got the residuals based on the main, the main baby, which was the box office or whatever. Um, right. But now, well, but, well, but yeah, talk about now, now it's flipped where the streaming is the whole beast, but they, but they've already owned your rights and you don't get a piece of it. That's exactly right. So, for example, with Die Hard 2, if every time it's relicensed for Europe or for HBO or for uh, another DVD release, at the at the end of each quarter, I get a little check. I go to my mailbox and there's a check for $10 or $50 or whatever it is. <laughs> you get your um, little air traffic controller hands. You say, exactly, this way I, to know, the I, mailbox. <laughs> I, right. I, I've made more money uh, in residuals than I did in the actual work. And that's that's how it used to be. Um, it's not quite that way anymore, right? I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. So if you're, uh, uh, I'm doing a piece. Well, I, I for example, uh, Robert Prosky's son, John Prosky, who was a great, was a great Washington actor. Uh, he did a, a, a series. And someone came up to him and said, hey, you're on TikTok. He said, no, I'm not. He said, yes, you are. Look. And he showed him a scene from his movie that had two million likes and had been seen by two million people. He said, two million people saw that? Probably more. That's, that's what was, So he didn't get a nickel for all that. And because it was uh, changed, music was changed on it or someone wrote something over the top, it's now considered an edit. So that work is now used by somebody else, and Mr. Prosky's not getting his uh, his view for you know four million people watching it. So how do you count that? And that's that's a really difficult thing to do, and I think that's what's on the table uh, yeah. with regard yeah. to you know, accessing it. Do you yeah. watch the whole? When, thing? when is that? You watch the whole thing? No, when you watch Netflix, do you watch the whole movie? Maybe you just saw the first ten minutes. I'm off. Does that count? How do you how do you manage that? That's the issue. So basically, it seems to me, and we talked to um, you know, a, a writer, a friend of mine for the writer strike, but it sounds like the same thing that you're saying for the Screen Actors Guild strike. Now, it's it's sort of, I mean, are you basically? It's basically like we're sort of in a a, a wild, wild west where we're streaming and digital content just the game. The, it changed the game entirely. It turned the the whole studio system on its head, but there aren't any rules in place that these unions have worked decades to garner certain rights to earn, that they've earned. Uh, but now the, none of those rights apply anymore. It's like you got to start all over and work for those same rights all over again. And the, the execs are like, no, we're, we're making hand, money hand over fist because we, we like the new way. Well, that's right. Well, I mean, for example, uh, uh, Netflix has 88% of their shares are held by investors, right? Institutional investors, banks, hedge funds, so forth, right? And they, they're, they're, this week, their their stock hit a 52-week high. They made institutional investors $106 billion this year, $106 billion, right? Uh, and it's easy to get mad at the execs, but that's their job. The issue is that a, you know, A-list actors aren't getting paid so much. because They are because they're worth it. Some, you know, the math has been done there. But in reality, 87% of SAG after union members don't qualify for health insurance. And they have to earn $26,000 a year 
to order to qualify. And that's what this is about. The wealthiest 1% hold 53% of all stocks. The top 10% hold 88%. So every dollar these media companies don't give to a writer or an actor, they're giving to millionaires and billionaires. So when you say actors and writers are spoiled, it's really it's, it's uh, on the wrong side of the story. So that's the issue. That's it's, that's it's, a, that that that. Oh, why are, why are we helping out these these spoiled celebrities? You know that that's just um, it's sort of an ignorant, low hanging fruit way. Uh, right, right. You, you, yeah. it's, it's, a it's a huge industry, like you said, the middle class and even low lower class of actors. You know what I mean? Right. That that's right. It. But uh, I mean, the not, same thing in actors' equity. It's the same in actors' equity. Eighty five percent of workers are unemployed every single day. It's a very small percentage who are making the kind of money that you see, the, the A-listers, and that's not who, what this is about. You're about talking about theater, you mean, right there? Theater, yes, I'm, I am talking about theater. Yeah, but yeah. the same is for, for SAG and AFTRA, that the bulk of the, this argument is about how do we uh, uh, get folks who are trying to survive uh, what's due them yeah, and, and protecting their jobs with, with AI. Definitely. And I think but, it's going to go on for a long time. I think it's going to go on for a long time. I think I think it goes on till say November when the first quarter uh, financials come in, uh, and it's time for Thanksgiving and the release of big pictures and the so Oscar the Oscar campaigning and all that. Exactly. Like we, we saw the cast of what was it? Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. They just left, picked up and left the red carpet and red flew carpet, back home. Exactly. Yeah. Can't do a red carpet now. You're not allowed to do it. That's off. That's, that's part of the strike. Yeah. So I think you're right. November is probably going to be a time when you get the the receipts from summer blockbuster season, but also entering into the Oscar season. That's when the, the rubber's yeah. going to meet the road, probably. That's right. The pressure is going to be on the producers to come to the table and get it done. Should viewers, you know, our listeners here, a lot of our listeners probably, and there are some actors, I'm sure, listen to this, but a lot of them are, you know, just fans that watch shows and go to movies and go to theater and stuff. Should right. they, I saw an article the other day that said something like, well, how can we help? And they're like, well, I don't know if you should boycott going to the movies because we need to show proof that there is an appetite out there but you know yeah what's your what should supporters and allies that are just regular you know fans of movies and tv are should we be you know boycotting going to barbie and Oppenheimer, I, I, or are we supposed to go and then i don't know <laughs> well i you know i would go to see movies for sure but i also would go to see theater because there, there are actors who are working right now and if you want to support an artist go to the theater yeah that would be that in the meantime that's a great that's great that's great advice um, and I guess I should say in the final seconds before we run, you've been generous with your time. Um, full disclosure, uh, I am a member of SAG-AFTRA because WTOP, you know, we came in on the AFTRA side as a broadcast sure. station and then we merged with SAG. Um, but we are, uh, we were all like, well, are we supposed to, like, am I supposed to still be covering stuff? And they were like, yeah, uh, our radio side. And I think even local TV. Well, there's, I mean, there's, we have a no strike clause on our side. Of right. Well, there's also, there are also categories, right? You're, you know, there are actors and there are anchors and there are spokespeople, right? Yeah. Journalists, right. So, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, I came in at, I came in as after, too, and I did some radio stuff. But I, I believe it's, you know, these are about actors and yeah. it's, it's yeah. different. It's a different category. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, I guess that we, we've, we've been given our marching orders that we have we aren't allowed to strike, probably because it's right. a daily news station with traffic and weather. Exactly. And right. And we need to. Exactly. It's like a vital industry or whatever. Like It is a vital industry. <laughs> and, communication. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's great to have allies or actually on the airwaves telling the story about how this is important. 
Exactly. Well, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping this th that's what this can be is, uh, you know, I'm, I have to work here, but I'm going to use that time to shine a light on the problem and hopefully there you you know, wait, raise understanding or whatever. So, well, you have, you have a lot of, uh, you have a lot of reach and a lot of clout, Jason. And, and I appreciate you doing that for all of the rank and file. And for so, me, T.O.P. does. I don't know about me. <laughs> <laughs> but you, do, got, but... you have cloud. They're going to hear your voice and be like, oh, OK, there's Ed. <laughs> Whatever Ed says is gospel. Uh, all right, cool. Oh, no, my God. Well, um, thank you so much. Thanks so much. And I hope you and your bride are well. All best. Oh, best. thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, Jason. Cheers. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.